Welcome to Light for the Journey, a podcast of Russell Memorial United Methodist Church. Each week, we open the scriptures in faith that the timeless truth of God will guide us as we seek to follow in the steps of Jesus. There are many different ways that people work to become familiar with the Bible. For example, many children are encouraged to learn Bible verses by heart, to recite them at Sunday school each week. But how do we know that we're really understanding the Bible rather than just learning what words are contained within it? In this week's message, Pastor David Cartwright explores how we can mindfully learn about God through the Bible, how we can learn about the Word who is Jesus Christ rather than simply learning what words are on the page, and how we can then integrate those lessons into our daily lives. As we go to our message today, let's open our hearts and minds to the truth that God would speak to us. As we come to our message today, there are three scripture verses that we will be looking at and we'll do it kind of one at a time. You might be the kind of person who likes to mark your Bible in advance, so go ahead and do that. You know that I like for you to have your Bible out and open. For those of you who like to cheat, the words will be on the screen. It's not cheating, it's just another form, but having these out is a good practice. So the uh, first scripture we're going to look at is from uh, Hebrews 4, and as you're turning there, uh, would you uh, pause with me once again as we pray. Gracious Father, as we turn to your word, we pray that the truth of your word would find a place of lodging within our hearts today. Lord, I invite and ask that your Holy Spirit would dwell among us so that it is your voice that is heard today. I pray in your grace that you would help me to speak words of your truth, to speak them in simplicity and with love so that you would accomplish in our midst your good and perfect will. For every good thing we experience now, we offer only to you the praise and the glory in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. So before we jump into our scripture, um, we began last week a short series of looking at things that we as followers of Jesus Christ do that put us in a position to grow in our relationship with him. Um, You might, you know, we might call this uh, working out our religion, practicing our religion, practicing our faith. There's a lot of uh, things we could put on it, spiritual disciplines, you know, there's a lot of tags, but basically they are uh, regular things we intentionally do that end up helping us to grow in our Christian faith, okay? And we talked last week about prayer and building that intentional prayer into our life together. Today we look at a scripture meditation. The three scripture verses that we're going to look at might seem to be a little disjointed, uh, that they are not. Uh, they are uh, scripture verses that I have selected because they reveal to us in that verse a a truth that threads throughout Scripture. So this isn't kind of just picking a verse that says something that you don't find anything in place else. They they truly are verses that represent to us what the Scripture as a whole has to say. So let's start, if we will, in Hebrews chapter 4, 
We're looking at verse 12. And the writer there says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. When we talk about the Word of God, we are, we're not talking about a, uh, a dusty book that uh, lays on your dresser or your coffee table that is there for decoration. We are talking about a message that has been preserved over thousands of years through which God has spoken to generations of people. It is a document, it is a word that is, it is active, it is living, it is alive, and it's powerful. The Word of God has great power. It's living not in the sense that we sometimes refer to other documents that as generations go by that it morphs kind of from one thing into another. But it's living in the sense that it interacts with us. The Word of God has the power to, to get into us and to search us. If you think about what the writer of Hebrews is trying to express, we don't need to kind of sit back and analyze the biology of it or the anatomy of it or sit back and create some kind of theology around the words of this verse. But think about what the writer is trying to say. If you followed in Hebrews chapter 4 up to this point, you would see that the writer has in mind those Hebrew people that God went and, and brought out of Egypt and led through the wilderness in order to set them up as a covenant people so that they would represent to the rest of the world what it looked like to be God's people. Okay, And they needed the Word of God in order to do that. Uh, sometimes we say that God not only brought the people out of Egypt, but he had to get Egypt out of the people. And that's what that wilderness journey was, that soon into the wilderness journey, he, he gave them that covenant word and started to teach them through Moses. Okay, And so that wilderness journey was that process of getting Egypt out of them and teaching them what it meant to be his covenant people. That's the power of the word of God. That same kind of thing happens to us. And the writer of Hebrews has been talking about how they were disobedient to the word. They didn't get the word. The Word of God has the power to speak into our lives, and that is critically important because as people of God, as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to understand what the Word of God has to, has to share with us. It is the Word of God that teaches us about the nature of God. We don't understand God except through the Word of God discerned by the Holy Spirit. The Word of God teaches us the design of God. God's pattern, God, the way God creates things. The Word of God teaches us about the character of God so that we understand what God is like and how He reflects Himself to the world. The Word of God teaches us the purposes of God. What is God doing in the world? Where do we get all of that? We get it out of the Word of God. I mean, I could sit back and create it in my mind, but what I would give to you would not be accurate. We get all of these things out of the Word of God. It has the power to teach us. The Word of God is a mirror by which we can see ourselves clearly. It is a lens through which we can rightly see the world through God's perspective. We need both of those things. I could paint myself in what a wonderful picture I would love to see myself. But the Word of God shows me who I am, clearly. The Word of God shows me the way that God would have me see all the world around me. 
the culture, our society, the things that I see and hear on a daily basis. How do I rightly understand those things? The Word of God does all of this for us. And, and it's exactly why the Scripture refers to the person of Jesus Christ as the Word. He's the Word that was made flesh. That in Him, God most clearly and powerfully reflected His truth to the world. We look at the person of Jesus. And we call Him the Word because He came to us and He showed us the nature of God and the character of God and the purposes of God and the design of God. He showed us exactly who we were. And he showed us, that's why he spoke so powerfully to people. That's why we, the, the scripture tells us that he could see what the intentions of people's hearts were. He knew when they were talking out of earshot of him, he understood what their purpose, you know, what the, the evil works of men were. And ultimately he showed us God's self-giving heart when he went to a cross of Calvary and gave himself up for us. The word showed us who God is in its fullness. So when the writer of Hebrews here is, is talking about the Word of God being, being living and, and active, understand that this, this, this text is alive for us and it has the ability to get deeper into ourselves and to transform us in ways that nothing else can. There is power, there's power, there's power in the Word of God. Turn, if you will, to Romans chapter 2, excuse me, chapter 12, verse 2. We want to look at that passage for a moment. This one might be familiar enough that you can recite it. One of my favorite verses of Scripture. Paul writes, and he begins the chapter in verse 1 by saying, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living, holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. You didn't know that, did you? I always like to give it a running start. And then in verse 2 he says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. This is an exhortation. A, 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 an encouragement of the strongest sense. When Paul says, do not be conformed to the world, he is not, he is not suggesting that he has the power to, to keep you from doing that, but he is urging you from the depths of his spirit as, as a follower of Jesus Christ, do not allow yourself to be the kind of person whose, whose values and character and, and personhood reflects the world around you. Do not be conformed to the world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I would ask you, brothers and sisters, where does that renewal come from? Through the work of the Holy Spirit working in us, but what is the tool that the Holy Spirit uses? It's the Word of God. Is the Word of God that empowers us to not be transformed or to not be conformed to the world. Every one of us today, whether you're sitting in this room or sitting in your living room or your kitchen, we are consumers. 
We are consumers. There's an old saying. You've probably heard this. You are what you eat. Now, I'm not going to tell you that that is true to the ultimate extent, but I would say that there's truth in it. There's truth in it. I got to looking at myself and I've concluded that I'm going to stop eating cauliflower because my hair is turning white. <laughs> I'm joking. We are what we eat. We are what we consume. We consume every day. And I'm not talking about the food you eat. I'm talking about the diet of what we take into our minds. We are consumers of news, and that news comes to us on the television, on the radio, on, on our devices, on, on all kinds of platforms. We are consumers of news. We are consumers of videos, YouTube, uh, TikTok, uh, Instagram and Facebook posts. Um, you know, the, the, the list goes on. We are consumers of these things. And we should never be foolish enough to think that none of that influences who we are. It does. It shapes how we think. It shapes how we see the world. It shapes how we see other people. It, it changes who we are internally. And much of it causes us to be exactly what Paul says, don't be, conformed to the world. We, we end up thinking like the culture wants us to think. We end up acting the way that the culture has shaped us to act. We are deeply influenced by what we consume. Doesn't it seem for a follower of Jesus Christ that we should be highly consuming the Word of God in our lives? We read from the 119th Psalm. It, it is an expression of deep love from the writer of the psalm for the law of God. And we, you know, we sometimes hear law as that, you know, we, we hear legalism and, you know, but he's talking about God's word, God's commandment, God's instruction for the benefit of his people. And, and the writer is saying, I love your law. I love your instruction toward me. It, it is what I meditate on day and night because he knows that by the word of God, that he becomes the kind of person that he needs to be. And in that very familiar 105th verse that you could all recite, and you probably even sing the tune in your mind, thy word is a what? Lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Several years ago, before we even moved to Texas, uh, the, some adults and the youth of our church were on a mission trip to a rural area in Kentucky. 
And uh, we were staying in this place. It was an old elementary school that had been, uh, was, you know, wasn't being used as a school anymore, and so it had been remade into this mission uh, ministry outpost for that community. And we were staying there, and the, the room where we were sleeping was this bunk room, and there were probably like 12 or 14 bunk beds that, that you know, the guys and the, and the boys were sleeping in. And, and there was a man who was sleeping in the bed next to me, who uh, was sharing with me that he had a very unusual condition. And that condition required him always to have light. He slept with a, a flashlight under his pillow or, or on his bed so that if he had to get up in the middle of the night, he could grab that flashlight and turn it on. I don't remember why he had the condition that he did, and I don't remember what it was caused. I don't remember if it was because of an injury or, or something else had happened to him. But I remember how he described to me that if he had to get up in the middle of the night, he would not be able to do what most of us would somewhat be able to do, which would be to get up without turning a light on and, and kind of navigate yourself. Like, and if you were in your home, if you were in your bedroom, you'd probably be able to do that, right? You'd be able to get out of bed and kind of you know, wander without turning a light on, and hopefully you wouldn't hit your little toe on the corner of the table. But you'd, you'd be able to do that. He could not do that. Before he even stood up, he would have to turn that light on and shine it onto the floor so that his eyes had a place to focus. And only after doing that would he be able to stand up and do what he needed to do. And ever since he told me that, I thought what a powerful analogy it is for a follower of Christ to, to be required to have that light. And by that light, you get your bearings. It is exactly what the Word of God does for us. That we shine it and we get our bearings by it so that we can navigate our way through the world. God's Word, a light to us by which we can live a life and be transformed by our minds continually renewed by the truth that God has for us. As a follower of Jesus Christ, it is part of who we are to not allow ourselves to be conformed to all of what the culture wants to teach us but so that God's truth continually feeds our minds. The last verse I want you to see is this, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. There are several uh, 316 verses throughout the Bible. It's kind of interesting to make a, a list of them. Uh, in, so in your list, not only John 316, 1 John 316, Colossians 316, these are uh, verses that you might want to kind of... It's just an interesting thing I do... Colossians 3.16, the writer says, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. You see, what the writer here is encouraging us to do is to Allow God's Word time so that it starts to permeate who we are. The, the 
well-known spiritual writer Richard Foster made this observation once that our contemporary in our contemporary society our adversary specializes in three things noise hurry and crowds I think that is terribly true noise hurry and crowds and so we have to break that so that God has time to do his work within us a couple of weeks ago uh, Carol Miracle was teaching and she used this passage and and I remember what she said about there was a couple of things that stick out to me first of all she gave us a word to rememberize you remember that Carol she said yes from upstairs to rememberize God's words why, why would we want to rememberize God's word you're saying that's not a word I know but it is this morning to remember scripture why would you want to do that it's because it becomes a part of who you are another way she put it was like this she said pitch your tent in God's word I love that analogy set up set up shop like you're going to stay a while if you like to cook you understand what it means to marinate something don't you if you're marinating a piece of meat you don't just dip it in the sauce or whatever real quickly and then set it aside do you 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 put it down in that uh, in that concoction marinade and you do what and you leave it you let it sit for hours maybe so that the meat starts to become permeated with that flavoring why wouldn't we do that with God's Word to allow it to have time to start to permeate within us there are ways to do that make you know scripture memory you know continually kind of going over it why do we why would we memorize scripture to, to impress somebody to be able to quote it of course not but it's so that the truth of God starts to become a part of who we are there's one person that shared with me this week that they'd heard a teacher uh, recommend using music to start to couple uh, your the, the truth of God's word with uh, with the music you listen to and I know there are a lot of people who enjoy listening to various kinds of Christian music maybe you like to turn on Christian radio on your way to whether it's K-Love or you know some other you know some people say you know I like the contemporary music or some people would be you know I like the southern gospel or or whatever that's fine you know whatever your style is but here's the question think about those songs that would make it to the top of your uh, your your like list the the songs that are the ones that you most enjoy hearing why do you enjoy them is it just because they have a moving melody which is fine you know music should move us or if we're talking about Christian music does that song help you connect to something in scripture 
And I would say most of the time, your songs have the capacity to do that. But do we let them? So I'll offer a challenge to you. Take a few of those songs that you most like to listen to. You know, when it comes on the radio, you go, oh, yeah, everybody be quiet. You know, I've got to listen to this one. You know, and you sing along. You could, you could sing the words to me right now, couldn't you? Those of you who like to listen to that music, you, you take those top songs, you could sing the lyrics to me right now. AJ's singing over there, but he doesn't want me to hear it. Here's the challenge. What, what is it about God's Word? What truth of God's Word connects with that song? Start to make the connection. Start to get to the point that, so that where you're, when you're hearing that song, you're remembering where its base in Scripture is. And, and let that be a device by which the Word of God starts to become more a part of who you are. That's why the, the writer here says, you know, with all wisdom and teaching, uh, with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts, because the songs, the music has the power to connect God's Word to us. And there's also one other thing in that verse, and it has to do with mutuality. The writer is talking about doing it together. Sharing God's Word with each other so that we... Uh, so that we talk about it and it starts to become solid in, in, in our understanding of it. We have in our church uh, uh, some ladies who uh, not too long ago decided that they were going to commit to reading through the Bible in a year. And uh, I asked them if they would anonymously share with me some of their experience in doing that so far this year. Now, they're, they're pretty early into it, but... Uh, they, they were uh, very willing to respond. And I wanted to share with you today a little bit of what they have said about just what it's been like to, to uh, commit to that daily reading of God's Word, holding each other accountable to it, sharing with one another what, what their uh, experience has been. So, uh, one person says... I'm learning more about the Bible with all these daily readings. It's exciting to want to read more. It is, isn't it? I mean, when you find your desire to read increasing, that's pretty awesome. It, it feels good. It, like, I read one more chapter and then I'll go to bed. Or if it's in the morning, I read one more chapter and then I'll get up. That's a great feeling, you know, to, 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 to reach that point in Scripture where you might have said, boy, I'm glad that's over. I can close that book and move on. But, but instead, your heart says, no, I want to read some more of it. And see, that, that's, that in itself is a transformation that God does within us. Another person says, quote, the reading has become an enjoyable part of my daily routine. So far, I have, I have read very familiar and well-known narratives of the Bible that I have heard all my life. However, digging deeper, I have learned that I have missed certain aspects of those narratives. I have been able to see nuggets of God's truth that I have missed for years and have gleaned knowledge from these truths. For instance, there was an instance where I had read about an action of Jesus that was touching, and then in my daily life I saw that same action of Jesus from one of my friends, and I wouldn't have picked up on that without that deeper study. 
Further, quote, doing the deeper reading has also made me engage more in the text and delve more into researching and learning about the topic that I had read that day. Quote, having an accountability partner has been helpful, not only to keep you on track, but also we can ask each other questions regarding what was read and, and to share our thoughts. And this has given us fellowship time together and to build a closer bond with each other. And more importantly, fellowship and a closer relationship with God. And remember, all of these practices ultimately is about relationship. It's about relationship with God. Another person says, quote, All of my previous attempts at reading the Bible consistently have ended up with my head in a different space, and I didn't last very long in my readings. Let me pause for a moment. Have you ever been there? Okay, a lot of you probably just said amen in your mind. Right? You, you've tried that scripture reading, and then your mind starts to wander, and you go, oh my gosh, I, don't, I can't even remember where I started on this. I've been there, okay? Reading on, quote, This month I began again with an accountability partner and I'm enjoying getting into God's Word. I know that I don't and can't fully comprehend the impact that this will have on my relationship with God, but I am already feeling and seeing God leading and speaking to me through this discipline. This excites me and humbles me. God wants to spend time with me. And that is absolutely true. God has this deep desire to spend intimate time with us. And that time is so powerfully spent when we couple our prayer life and our life of reflecting upon God's Word so that He can use that Word to speak directly to our hearts and to shape us, and to lift us up, and to encourage us, and to give us the light for the path that we need. Friends, you and I, this day, and every day that we have left, we are going to be consumers. The choice we make is about our diet. What is it that we are putting into our minds that will shape us. It will have so much bearing on how well we are allowing ourselves to be conformed to the image of Christ so that we may serve Him and represent Him in the world. The Bishop Reuben Job wrote this, While we cannot force God to love us, redeem us, or sustain us, we can, through the means of grace, place ourselves in a position to receive God's great and good gifts every day. That's the choice we make, to put ourselves in a position to receive God's good gifts. What do you think God might have in store for you if you were to surrender yourself more regularly to the influence of His Word? Wouldn't you like to find out? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that your word, living and active, has been preserved for us, that even today, Lord, you might use it to speak to us. Father, we get consumed and we get distracted by so many things in life. You and your word wait patiently. And I pray, God, that you would increase with us, within us, a desire for your word, 
a desire for your truth, a desire to spend that time with you, Lord, that your truth would become lodged within our hearts and do the transforming work of turning us more into the image of Christ. Father, help us to, uh, to build those disciplines into our life, to set apart the time, to find the ways that your truth will become the most lively and transformative for us. And that in all things, Lord, that you might continue to receive glory by the way your people serve you in the world. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. We're glad that you chose to spend this time with us in God's Word. You can catch our worship services online at www.rmumc.net. May the Lord grant you the light of His truth as you journey through this day.